1: Already have, and you could make a few small changes to get yourself on that path to wellness. In my course, I'll show you how to detox each and every room of your house and create a healthy home environment. And welcome back to another episode of the Toxin Terminator. I'm so glad you guys are tuning in each and every week. Our um, podcast is actually presented to you by Christian Mix 106. It is the widest variety of Christian music out there, bringing people to Jesus each and every day. You can listen for free at ChristianMix106.com. And let me tell you, we're into October. And everybody's seeing the pink around everywhere. There's campaigns here, campaigns there. It's all this awareness. And, you know, I'm tired of awareness. We're aware up to the wazoo of being aware of breast cancer. What we need is true education and true reform so that ladies, you know exactly what to be doing to really promote your health. And my guest today is really gonna walk us through so many things that we don't even realize on a daily basis are affecting our overall health. Um, my guest today is an author. She has written the book, Renegade Beauty and Holistic Dental Care. She is an aromacologist. Uh, she is a beauty and botanical formulator for over 25 plus years. She is the founder of Beyond Organic Luxury Skin Care and Wellness oh, Brand. Living Libations. <laughs> yes, living Libations. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Trying- I thought you called
2: it something else. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
1: But let's, let's say that again, <laughs> living vibations. And honestly, her backstory is beautiful. You guys need to go check out her website. And this really has a lot of meaning for her. She shared with me that her mother actually passed away from be- breast cancer back in 2014. Um, ladies, one in eight of us are affected by breast cancer. And let me tell you, um, my, my guest, by the way, is Nadine Artemis, so <laughs> <this is> welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we're so just, happy we're to having be here. a good old time here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hi. What a great subject that we can dive
1: into. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, my mom uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer, not even a week after the passing of my brother. Oh. And um, that was um, 12 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And she's a survivor and thankfully, oh. um, but this is something that touches every single woman because if it hasn't affected you it's affected somebody that you know so honestly I think we can dive into topics like um you know screenings like you know even be like you what we as women need to be doing for screenings what we need to learn about what we've been told you know, some of the myths behind breast cancer. And then certainly we're both about good, clean beauty and skincare products. And that's where some of the biggest um, offenders are. And I think we can dive into that. Does that sound like a pretty wealth of information there? Oh, yeah, that'll be great. (laughs) Awesome. So share a little bit of backstory about yourself, because I found um, your story on your website just really touching. Hmm. Thank you. Well,
2: yeah. As a, as a young child, I mean, you know, you can look back on your life, and I totally feel like I can see all the moments that created this moment. Yes. And I was, you know, in a lot. Luckily, I got to spend so much time in nature, and I was always concocting with nature. And truly, I could just kind of stare at a patch of grass and look at petals for a long time, and just, you know, receive whatever I was receiving then, and then make concoctions with mud and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. And then inside the home, I would mix like my mother's exquisite cosmetics with things under the bathroom counter and watch things froth and foam. So it was sort of that, that phase. And then um, in grade nine, I had the opportunity to do a science fair project. And I found this book on making cosmetics in the library that was like geared towards a younger audience. It was very easy to understand. And, um, and that was all chapter on perfumes and where they came from. And like, mm. I had all these perfumes, like I collected all the little bottles and sometimes I'd even mix them together, like meltdown eyeshadow into my lip balm and all kinds of fun <laughs> stuff. But the yeah, so it, it talks about the, the history and the mystery and that they were, you know, how this distillation process and that they came from plants, which you didn't really, back in those days, you weren't con- making those connections. And of course, really what's in modern perfume. It's very far removed from the original plant matter. Like even there's rose in it. It's not the real rose. It's synthetic. So I didn't know all that then, but it did say that like it talked about ancient Egypt and the plant distillates, which are called essential oils and that you could probably find them at a health food store. So we drove into the big city of Toronto, got the oils. And then I was just smelling for the first time, like jasmine and blood orange. And it was amazing. And it felt, it really you know, I didn't even know they're high quality, but it was very different from the perfumes. And it's not like I could have really knew about synthetics and naturals in that moment, but it spoke to me on a deep level. And then I remade uh, Nina Ricci's Lair de Tom using essential oils. Ah. And it did well. And that was really fun. And then, you know, just kept doing my teenage way. And just, again, just got, I was the youngest. And so I got my mother's and sister's hand-me-downs and my bathroom was like this, thing of bottles but (laughs) I loved it and yeah and then like you know green beauty like there was like body shop and all those things and you thought it was natural and it did seem different then I get to university and I'm really understanding food Mm -hmm. in a deeper level and ingredients and I get to walk by this little tiny health food store every day and I'm just soaking it all in and the books and everything and I'm re-understanding how to read labels and what's in food and organic and it just it all came together in like a month and I never ate processed food again. I always ate organics. And so of course I'm like, now I know how to read a supermarket label, like what's going on with body care.
0: Nice. And I
2: was like, oh my God, it's like, so not real. Like this, the body shop is just so petroleum derived and you know, the cucumber face toner had never met a cucumber and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I was like, I've got, it. I'm going to make my own stuff. And of course that was so fun. So I'm making lip balms and body oils and creams and all of that. And I started like a little business called Artemis Essentials. And I was just making things for friends and family as I was going through university. And then I'm also at university and I'm in women's studies, which is awesome because mm-hmm. I was really bored the first year because I wasn't I couldn't get in yet it was full. And then and then I was like to be for our textbooks were things like our bodies ourselves. Right. And I I would do projects on like midwifery and interview a in midwife and then right. that was fascinating. Um, you know, so, and then I understand even the history of birth control or the horrors of IUD mm. and all that. And, and, and then I was like, oh my God, it also stopped me from having to go down some, you know, strange right. paths that way. Cause those, they're not, you know, I know it's, a, t- it's a tough situation. Obviously it's like one thing we've been trying to figure out, humanity's been trying to figure out for eons, right. You know, um, but the chemical obviously situation of birth control pills and different right. things is really not great for the body at all. Um, so it, so that was fascinating. And, and then I'm also just really studying the history of, you know, the medical experimentation on women's bodies and just, you know, it's, it's not a happy story in our culture of like, you know, from thalidomide to excessive hysterectomies, mastectomies, thyroidectomies, mm-hmm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a bit of a mess. So, um, to me, understanding sort of how, how we've been marketed to as women and that sort of combined with like the falseness of the ingredients, I just was really potent to combine them right. and then really celebrate women's bodies and really like, what do we need? Like we, if we don't need this petroleum lubricant or whatever, like, well, what does our body want? And so then that became a life's mission. And then also to just find like the best, the purest, most delightful ingredients. So I was like writing farmers and distillers and suppliers all over the world. And then, then I would get samples of oils that were so exquisite, even mm-hmm. though they were commonplace, like even like a, like a Bergamore grapefruit. But then I got to see there's a whole other level of quality, right? That isn't available in most health food stores. And it was like a whole realm of like fine wine, almost where Right. You know, and yeah. yeah, and then if there was something I was reading about, like I would read even books from the 1800s on, on cosmetic preparations and stuff, and then I would read about like Angelica or something, but I couldn't find it, so I had to find it. I had to right. smell, like what were they smelling back then and why, and why were they enamored by it all? Right. So that fueled me through university, and then um, right after I graduated, I opened up North America's first full concept aromatherapy store called Osmosis in Toronto. And that was great. And I got to have all my formulas out. And we had a blending bar. And we would even sell essential oils by the drop. So you could bring like a little tiny bottle (laughs) by the drop. And then I got to meet a lot of neat people. um, that would come in to have perfumes blended. And that was fascinating. And then the next phase, I knew I needed to get out of the city and all that. So then, and I met Ron, who's my partner. And then the next phase, we created living libations in 202.
1: And here we are now. <laughs> there you are. Yeah. That I love, I just love this thirst for information, this quest of, you know, as a child, you knew nature made you feel good. Yeah. You know, you knew yeah. that made you feel good. And and when we look at children, I have 12 grandbabies. Their picture Woohoo! is right, right there. Aww. And they know you know, they know that, that what makes them feel good innately, um, you know, it's, it's as adults that we start getting jaded and, you know, confused with what really makes us feel good and what doesn't. So, Mm -hmm. and there's so much external messaging and really, truly now more than ever,
2: as the internet and social media grows, it's like, it's hard to know where your thoughts actually are the authentic thought. And so it's, it's important that we take time to slow down our thinking and, and allow space to receive thoughts instead of thinking thoughts.
1: Oh, I love that. That just that, you know, that just calm that you can um, receive you know, a thought instead of having to create it. What a beautiful um, uh, thought there. You know, I really, you know, I talked at the beginning of really wanting to focus in on um, breast cancer and oh my gosh, there's so many realms with this. But um, one of the things I would like to discuss is the fact that we know, uh, well, maybe we don't. Let's, let's start talking about the science behind breast cancer, because we're mm-hmm. told it's genetic. We're told, you know, certain things about breast cancer. Let's start debunking some of those misinformations mm-hmm. that we're getting as women.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a vast subject, and I dedicated a, an entire chapter to this in Renegade Beauty, and I was, um, you know, my mom had breast cancer, and then and then she, you know, did the regular routine and it was, you know, and it, it went away for or, or whatever. She was okay for three years and then it came back or maybe it could come back a while ago, which is so often the case yeah. where it, if it comes back and then it's metastasized. Right, right. And, then it, and that, so, oh, there's so much uh, in there. Um, but uh, so as she was dying, I also had to speak. I had a conference coming up and I just felt so inspired even though it was obviously nothing I could do for my mom, but I was like, let's, let's take this moment to really figure it out. And luckily my mom and I were close and I knew a lot about her health history because we would do fun things together, like, go you know, to the, the naturopath or something like that. Yeah. And so I understood that. And also cause she, cause I, I was into health. So, you know, the family talks to me, um, and even, yeah, dental and all that. So I, I know her health history. And then when I really went into like all the myriad of combinations and things that could Right. create that imbalance it was just like how could she not have had breast cancer quite frankly you know what I mean like with what was stacked up against her including you know her use of early birth control like well, however many or birth right how many women have birth control and then HRT hormone replacement therapy right. and then that's when it comes and then they're like oh now you got to get off the HRT because actually you have breast cancer and, the, and just the HRT alone hormone replacement therapy of that, I'm not talking about bioidenticals or anything, just classic. Right, right. The stats are, are insane for like, just it, it will, it can very much send somebody on that path. So, I mean, that alone, not to mention like everything else. Right. Um, so, so what I really, so when I was going into it, what I found uh, was we really have like a sort of an epidemic of estrogen issues right now. Right. And there's this trifecta of excess estrogen, and there's different types of estrogens. There's uh, metalloestrogens,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which are uh, estrogenic effects created by heavy metals. So, nickel, cadmium, mercury, we have mercury fillings, lead, pesticides. Mm-hmm. You know, pesticides, you know, alter the sex organs of frogs for I think they knew so the male frogs were neutralized
1: right, uh, right. Just,
2: just you know neither one or the other um so yeah just doing weird things in nature it's obviously going to affect us um so there's metalloestrogens there is um um mycoestrogens mm-hmm. which are fungal estrogens and that is coming into us um by way of um well, it's fungus, so f- mold, foods that have mold, um, so yeah, like you know, a lot of grains or right. the grains that are swept off the floors, wherever, and then fed to cattle. So right. you're getting it there through them or- you know, what you know,
1: you're eating, right? Yeah,
2: or yeah. coffee, a lot of coffee as mold or um, not all, like that's a, it's a new thing to really make sure it's not, um, or uh, wine. Right. Or, you know what I mean? There's just, or like really a lot of grains or cereal. So, if you're just packaged cereal yeah. grains, could have those in them. But then the other thing is that, um, then there's pharmaceutical mycoestrogens, which are fed to cattle to plump them up and all that sort of stuff. And there was a study done in 2011 where uh, I think it was grade nine or 10 New Jersey school girls. were tested for myco, I don't even, I don't know why they were testing them, but for myco um, estrogens and they, uh, 78%. Wow. Just from standard diet. So it's coming in. And then what more people may be familiar with is xenoestrogens and xeno being the root word for foreign. So foreign Mm -hmm. estrogens, so not our own, but, and that's a, you know, big slice of that um, situation is coming from plastics. So it's foreign estrogens that are mimicking they act like estrogens in the body but they're you know not biological your natural estrogen so that trifecta Mm -hmm. is really uh creating some imbalance in the bodies because the you know the mycoestrogens the fungal estrogens love the metalloestrogens they like it's sort of this marriage of metals and microbes feeding off of each other and you know all that kind of stuff and then so the so then also um when we're deficient in some things like oh this was so fascinating because I was like okay so what so when I was studying it um what came into my field of vision was this Venn diagram of the three uh types of estrogens and sort of in the middle in my in my mind's eye was the breast cancer so i'm like okay so what's the solution there because for the mycotoxins we need to look at is there candida is there digestive issues you know like sort of taking care of from that and then the heavy metals well where are they coming from they can come in from foods too Uh, it could be you know braces or uh, usually breast cancer and brain, that's a different stage of life, but, you know, nickel, you could have, um, you could have a titanium implant, you could have mercury fillings, you could have all those types of things. And then the xenoestrogens um, could be coming from everywhere. There was a, a small study done of, um, through the Silent Spring Institute, which is Rachel Carson's, and, and I think it's just even a mother and daughter, they decided right. like, okay, we just will eliminate, like, even when we buy quinoa at the health food store, you know, we won't put it in a plastic bag. Right, And then we won't won't put that weird thing in our bubble bath. Like they just went clean for a week. They got tested before and after and their BP A levels just dropped. I think it was about 80%. Oh,
1: I've seen studies like that. You know, Here's the point for women and I, and I'm not trying to cut you off and I want to going no, with this no. is that these xenoestrogens that you say most of us are aware of you know it's it's thousands thousands of products that we're using you know yes. women we use it's deodorant it's lotion it's skincare it's makeup it's hair products it's you know shampooed, um all of that, yeah. it's just adding up. And then my other question on the metalloestrogens. Yeah. Are we getting that through our water sources too? You know, I know there's a lot of heavy yeah. metals in water. Is that coming through that or not? Well, hard to say.
2: I mean, I'm sure, I am i don't have like a, a facts or studies like to like at the tip of my brain. Um, but when we look at uh, generally municipal tap water through the United States, there's over 200 different, things from, from veterinary drugs to hormones from birth controls, drugs and chemicals, even like cocaine, apparently like you can, you know, obviously it's all micro and then, oh my, and then there's, uh, it's hard to fathom this one, but the plastics and water, like, so right. You know, when they do a thing and it's microscopic and then they, but they actually and then they, you know, apparently we eat like a credit card worth of plastic a month just through, Like water, like it's insane because of all the microplastics now. So there we're just kind of eating it by the micro spoonful. Like it's, so that's why I think too, it's like, there's so much stuff you can't control. Like why not A, have fun with the ways that you're abluting your body and engaging with it and and putting beautiful things on. So, you know, and and just like, that's one thing you literally write, you know, in the world around you, like maybe you can't move away from the factory next door or whatever. But you know, hopefully right. that's nobody's lifestyle right now. But yeah, you just really, you got to find where you can. And you know, buy that $20 shower filter even, it will remove chlorine. And w- when yeah. I was in the city and we could only do that, so I had we had our shower filter and I would bring the kale to the bathroom and rinse it under there. I would run the bath from yeah. the shower the filter, shower. you know, yeah. It yeah. was hot and steamy, but hey, it, it felt better.
1: Yes. Well, and yeah. in, in my research I have found, and my, my listeners know this from listening to me, is that what you shower, your shower water is actually even more important than your drinking water. Yes. Because our yes. skin depending on the condition of our skin, depending on the product and the ingredient that's being absorbed, it's anywhere from like 30 seconds to two minutes that it's actually absorbed into the body. It can be detected in the blood in the soft tissue and the organs in our body. Mm-hmm. So we're in the shower for longer than two minutes Yes. You know, and well, the drinking the water with chlorine, you
2: have a lot of filtration going down. You've got acids and enzymes in the liver and the kidneys and all of that. And the skin is just boom right into the it, bloodstream.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's our largest organ of our body mm-hmm. and that really is super important. I mean, these these are things that we're, we're saying to you women to, to open up your eyes, to be just a little bit more aware, not to scare you know, because but there's so many solutions. And I
2: think also we're already scared of breast cancer. Oh. I feel like as a woman, like, it's like the statistics are kind of one in three or something like, I it's think, crazy. yeah. So it's like, we have to start talking about just simple. And the really, it's like, it, what the, makes maybe manifest cancer. I'm not talking from scientific level, but it is a thousand mini steps that kind of, it is. It, or, and more than a thousand, obviously. So it's like, sometimes the solutions are in the mini micro steps of our daily lives that we can just slowly, but surely evolve. We can
1: just take one tiny step. And, yeah. and I think being, living in fear, also Mm -hmm. has an impact on your overall health too when we live in and we come from a place of everything is scary and we're living in this you know kind of um fight or flight you know Mm -hmm. because that's what our body perceives um when mentally that's what we're thinking and so um i i love that you want you know let's go into those solutions rather than really pounding in on you know the the things that are are necessarily bad yeah it's good though like it's good to
2: see what what can we do for the terrain and like understanding the terrain of our bodies a bit so that we're now we're the the choices we're going to make are going to make a little more sense Mm -hmm. like oh that's a good reason to not have plastic and unfortunately uh bps or like the next phase of bpa it's it's still got estrogenic disruptors in there so the thing is too like for thousands of years for millennia our breasts Breasts receive the molecules that they knew and recognized. Right. Like, they're, you know, and so, and now it's like from, you know, soy to BPA to the mercury fillings. And and because we're lacking some nutrients, especially iodine. So that was really neat when I talked about the Venn diagram. And then when I was looking at like, what are some of the health solutions? When I really studied iodine, to me, it's like the answer right in that venn diagram in the middle because right. yeah because this and so and you generally speaking the world health organization finds that 70 percent of the world's population is deficient in iodine yes 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 so iodine is this is a really yeah it's a rich area so it so it helps so with the metalloestrogens iodine is able to chelate heavy metals from the body i love that isn't that amazing and after 30 days from the work of dr guy abraham he says after 30 days you're getting to the stuff like aluminum and stuff and start chelating so there, so iodine for the metalloestrogens, uh for the myco uh, estrogens iodine helps to like well in terms of uh traditional chinese medicine you know they talk about like dampness and there's not but they don't name disease they talk about like sort of you know heat yes. in the lower body that kind of thing. yeah so yes the mycofungal, the mycoestrogens would be dampness in the belly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously they're going to create things like candida. Right. And so um, iodine helps to balance that out. It is anti, it helps to really balance the, all that stuff going on in the the digestive tract. And then for the xenoestrogens, iodine, there's three estrogens that we have naturally in our Healthy anti cancer estrogen. So it highlights that. So iodine is such a great solution. And then there are studies and different, um, lots of different work. I give, uh, there's like lots of research in this area. But it's so it, um, oh, it's so, it's such a great thing. And we really all do need it. So we have, we have iodine is needed by every cell in our body. It's a mineral. So it's <laughs> right. like magnesium, except it's iodine, of course. And it came, so when the planet was forming, it was like one of the first things to form this, um, the use of like how iodine connects with the thyroid hormone and, um, yeah, so obviously a huge jump through evolution, but there's stuff there where the, you know, it was being, it was like, there's real connection we have with how that it was happening in the ocean and it was formed and how it's connecting with our bodies. And I go into that in the book. And then, so it's, it's like iodine in the body along with the thyroid hormones acts sort of like a surveillance and it's looking through the, the body and finding where we need to have apoptosis, A-P-O-P-T-I-S, apoptosis, which is natural cell death.
1: Right. Which
2: sounds like a negative thing, but it's a positive thing because cancer is cells that aren't dying, right? <laughs> right. So, and we do, we need that clean. We need to just be continually cleaning up the cells in the body. So it also does that. Now there's also a connection um, with the thyroid and breast health. So the, the thyroid knee is the organ that needs iodine the most in the body. And then the breasts are the second. And there's even like a, a body, uh, the iodine symporter pump, which is like literally needs iodine to function. So if we're lacking thi- um, sorry, iodine in our bodies, those receptors are empty. They're kind of like empty parking spots. And so right. then the xenoestrogens are just going to go, oh, great. There's a parking spot for me and me and me. Right. <laughs> so we got to like chelate that out of our body. We do need to raise the good estrogen and um, yes. And then with diagnosis, there are many issues as well. Okay. So now let's yeah. go
1: back to let's, let's stop. Yeah. There. Just one second on iodine because when yeah. I'm iodine, I think of yes. salt. Okay. Oh yeah,
2: yes, yes. And it used to be
1: in salt, it used to be in
2: bread. This is fascinating. It used to be in the bread, it was this leavening agent. Right. And then in the seventies, I think it's the seventies, they switched to bromide. Right. Which is in stuff like Gatorade and stuff. And it's so nasty in the body. But here's an interesting thing. In the periodic chart, iodine is part of the halide family and the other halides are bromides and fluorides and chlorides which and we are iodine bad yeah, bad iodine's the good one and it chelates those from the body so, but they literally took what the body and I don't think I think it was probably just because it was cheaper or something. I don't. Oh, you
1: know. absolutely. Yeah. So That's then they
2: it. so and then the, the things start really rising then too, like mm-hmm. rising like the bread and then also the the breast cancer stats as well. So then we're not getting that basic iodine and sort of the salt in the bread anymore. So um, where
1: do we need yeah. to go to get good? iodine Iodine. for our body it can we get it in like our sea salt that we add in you need i think we need more than that right now okay
2: only a couple drops a day but we want to get the concentrate so there's a nascent iodine and lugol's iodine those are common i feel like the nascent is just it's um it's made in a way that i feel like it's a little bit more absorbed but lugol's will certainly do the job and then um you know every it's Different amounts, but you can kind of experiment between one and three drops. There's also very good books on the subject, The Iodine Crisis, and I'm sure they have websites. And then Dr. David Brownstein has a book called Iodine. And there's a wealth of information in there about dosages and stuff. And also, iodine is used successfully topically um, it's called painting. I don't know. So we, we may know, I too. like, isn't that red stuff that they used to use on like soldiers wounds and stuff. Not that any of us are around, but yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is that thing. But what a lot of people don't know is it's an essential mineral for our body. Like okay. it's not. Yeah. And so we need that. And so the luteals or the nascent is very good. And there's also, there is even, Iod- um, there's something called Iodoral, which is tablets, mm-hmm. but I like the liquid.
1: Like the liquid better. Okay. Yeah.
2: Her, and Dulse has a lot for sure, but I think we all need a little bit more than even okay. Dulse right now. Yeah. Right. And I didn't know, you know,
1: so yeah. this is a great oh, yeah. tool for me is, is then to figure out because we don't want to just tell our audience, we need more iodine and then not guide them. Into oh, the yeah. And then we're getting, you know, stuff oh, that's yeah. not good. Okay. So now, now we're going screenings and we're into, you know we're stepping into that process here, right? Oh, one more thing I just want to say because
2: uh, you can paint the iodine on. Sorry, you can actually topically mix it with a little beautiful oil or olive oil or coconut oil, and you—it's put on like like you know different things people have had. So you can read about it in the in the iodine books. I don't want to go too like here all, but it's interesting. You can even put it on your painted on your neck for your
1: thyroid. Thyroid in between your breast. In between
2: that, your yeah on or, them. Men are, you can put it to on this um, testicles. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, and also, because when we are in not sufficient iodine, if you've got fibrocystic breasts, which are like, they hurt before your period yes. and stuff. Yes. All of that goes away with iodine.
1: So, so is there, okay, let me ask you this question because yeah. brain's on fire here. Yeah. Um, is there a, a point where you can get too much iodine? apparently, I mean, there would be, but it does, it
2: leaves the body pretty like it takes what it needs in that moment. And it does leave okay so but so, you still want to be reasonable
1: yeah not not like a major major concern you know like say yeah. vitamin b when we're taking you know excess vitamin b actually can you know kind of yes working yeah. against you um yes. you know so i just want to make sure our, our audience knows too so not necessarily something certainly we would want to be aware of but yes yeah. and there
2: is an iodine loading test um i can't
1: remember the name of the lab but there's
2: definitely you can you can do you know check your stats beforehand take some or or vice versa, start taking it, see where you're at. But they found at that lab, and I would only think that kind of more affluent people are using a lab to test their iodine. Like obviously that's a pretty privileged situation to be in to even know that exists. And what they found from 30,000 people is that everybody was deficient. So I think we can pretty safely assume that we all need a bit more.
1: Did you know that many of us have symptoms of toxin overload in our bodies, but we don't even know it? Signs of a toxic overload could be headaches, fatigue, insomnia, skin issues like acne and psoriasis, and hormonal imbalances, and the list just keeps on going. But the problem I had, and I'm sure many of you have had, is how can you know how well you're managing your toxic risk? That's why I've put together a free toxic risk assessment that will help you discover what products might be contributing to your toxic symptoms and what small changes you can make to detox and cleanse your health. After you take the assessment, you're going to get my free toxic free home shopping guide this is the easy button for finding the right products to shop for. These are the products I've been using in my home and the products I give my stamp of approval on. Take your free assessment now at amycarlson.com to get on the path of detoxing and cleansing your health. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for bringing that to the audience. So then let's move into, because we've talked about the estrogens. Um, We've talked about kind of where all this stuff is coming from. We really touted that. So let's talk about as women, what are some, some of the kind of preventative measures that we want to take beyond you know, changing products, but what do, you know, from self exams to um, we're going to talk about mammography. I'd like to talk about thermography, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and some other avenues that we have as women that might be some better options for us. Yeah. And I think, like, I think if,
2: you know, we think about testing and then the mammography being like, we must test like the breast to find out. And I think there's so many other ways to understand. You could have an iodine test. You could test your hair for heavy metals. You could, you could test and see like, or, or you could just know like, am I, do I, am I bloated? Am I, you know, do I have indigestion? Do I have candida? Like, so, you know, taking care of stomach issues and you could also check for like, um, yeah, even your estrogen levels. And so there's a lot of understanding. You could see what's going on along with you biologically to see what, You know what kind of path they're on and what you need to do to turn that around so to me I feel like there's a bunch of tests it's not related to the breast but it will give you the data you need to know and what you need to create um, to make those changes for sure and then um yes so because thermography is also great and now they really you can do breast thermography but if you're gonna get it done you may as well kind of just do body thermography you know see where the heat lines are so so mammography, which we can talk about, but thermography is seen as something that you can, you know, you can do it whenever you want, as much as you want. There's literally no, nothing going to hurt the body in any way. thank you. Um, And what's really neat is you see the heat line. So it's a type of photography that shows heat signatures in the body so you have your whole body done and then that you know that knee that might be bothering you or something you're like oh it's like it's showing the red heat so you're seeing oh that's inflammation because where there's inflammation there's imbalance really inflammation is the beginning of all disease on one level right like that has to happen right now also obviously we need inflammation tool it's a good tool that brings healing to an area but um when it's imbalanced. so also it's neat because i also wrote a book on dental care so I'm fascinated by all these intersections. And so from that work, I know about root canals mm-hmm. and that's obviously a whole other subject, but they, um, it was studied that like 98% of all breast cancer cases had a root canal on the same side of the body.
1: Really? Yeah.
2: Now that doesn't mean that if you have a root canal you will develop it,
1: right? But it's still, you know, because, oh yeah, yeah root because, canals are, <laughs> no, yeah. That we we can talk about later, but um, I like the thermography idea. I was introduced to this, oh gosh, several years ago, and I, you know it is it is a thermal imaging that's looking at the body. But what I learned, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, we're able to see and detect. Uh, It doesn't necessarily see a tumor. You have to go and get additional testing for that, but it can indicate that this could be a possibility there. And in, in thermography, it's seeing, I've heard up to seven years before a mammogram will pick it up. Yes.
2: I believe that's like, yeah, because also before we see cancer, it's like developing, like it doesn't happen overnight. It's this slow
1: moving thing. Right. And I was told you should get a full body scan, you know, and then you go back in like six months and do it again and see what's Change the so baseline. Yes. And then you can go back and, and then see what's changed to know what's going on. Yeah, it's
2: so good to have a baseline. And I think you could even Google, like uh, you know, do an image search and you could see like breast the murder the, just so people can get what we're saying. What I found fascinating knowing about root canals is then when you're doing a whole body thermography or just the head and the breasts, you can see the heat line signatures that connect the root canal to the breasts. Like it's just inflamed on the pathway down.
1: Awesome. Yeah. That's so, you know, uh, we, you need to just come back on and talk about (laughs) the the connection between our mouth, our oral health and our physical health, because so many people do not connect those two together. So we've talked about, um, you know, the, the other health screenings. I love how you started there, you know, knowing what is going on with our digestive system. Do we have any food sensitivity sensitivities that are causing issues in there um, with the gut lining and in all of that? um because if we're if we're not balanced there then our body can't absorb and use all of the food that we're feeding it properly right
2: exactly
1: yeah you know so um so so doing all those tests and the hair test you know for the heavy metals and mm-hmm. um you know now my training says go to a functional medicine doctor yeah. where they'll get to um And we can talk about test results now if you'd like to talk about that too, where traditional doctors aren't going to go as deep with their testing and their results are testing you in this, how do I want to- Like a path. It's kind of a path. It's this, it, it- Yeah. Number one, first of all, it's the, the way they look at their averages, you know, I have to say anybody who is a mom out there, you know, grandma, aunt, you know, has children, do you want your children in school to get C's and D's or would you prefer that they get A's in, in class, you know? So it's like in traditional medicine, we're saying, oh, you're in that normal range. So you're getting a C or a D and so- Modern medicine- (laughs) you know so so you're good you're good you're in that normal range but do is that really what we want for good no we want optimal yeah (laughs) you know i i love that and i and i i don't even remember who did the the school analogy so um do your trainings talk anything about mammograms do you still see those as a viable option or not
2: I do talk about that in my book and and I wish I had like all the exact statistics in my brain. I may, I may pull them out. Um, so since there's been more testing in mammographies, which have a huge false positive rate, right? There has been an 800% increase in breast cancer diagnosis since now. So since it's come into like being more, but here's the other thing. There's also been um sorry my dog is barking. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, there um should I get her? Cuz I just like just pause for a minute cuz then she'll stop barking. Can you hear her? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh great. Thank you. Okay. So there's been this 800% increase in also and in, in that diagnosis is This ductal, DCIS, ductal carcinoma in situ, in situ, which is is a non, which is a zero stage cancer that isn't cancerous, but just has abnormal cells.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Okay. So all these women, and the statistics pretty high, forgetting the false positives, they have DCIS, which is just abnormal breast cells. It doesn't mean they're on a cancerous path but how many, so many of those women go down the pathway of then a mastectomy preventative or tamoxifen and they may not even be battling it. And then the other thing that's crazy about this current way that we're approaching breast disease is, now it makes sense because to me, I'm like, yeah. Oh, also, sorry, so many things to share. Mammography also has so like, it's, it's painful from what I understand, it's squishing the breast. So if there is a tumor, it's, it could be spreading it. There's also the exposure to radiation. So every time you have a mammogram, your chance of breast cancer increases. And I can't remember the stat,
1: but I think it could be 10% It's
2: high. Year. It's, it's high. Yeah.
1: And if you're getting repeated, I, I I wanna pause for a moment, if you don't mind me sharing a personal story. But yeah, do, related yes. To mammography is um, my mother died from a form of lymphatic cancer. And mm. so, as a woman, they wanted me starting to get mammograms when I was 35 years old,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which I did because they they told you're me, good, you're good, you know that's yeah. that what I needed to do. At one point, at one of my mammograms, I believe it's when I was 40 years old, um, and I was going in every two years to get it done. Um, they saw. Um, I think these DCISs, is, you know, is honestly yeah. what they saw. And um, first of all, they don't tell you what's going on right away. It's just that we find these abnormalities and we need to send you to a surgeon and, and, and talk it over. And the surgeon that I went to, they they told me it wasn't necessarily breast cancer, but they were abnormal cells within the breast. and there were a mm-hmm. number of them. so if they didn't remove, breast that they could form together to be to to become a tumor is what I was told so Uh, maybe
2: there's some other options that they don't come together instead of just lobbing it up
1: well this surgeon I, I mean he's talking to me now mind you I'm you know 40 years old and I'm like it was this my only option is to remove my breast. And he's like, Yep, yeah, it's your only option that you have. You know, you've got you've got implants, so I can't do anything with your tissue. You have to take everything. We have to remove it all. And he left the room. He was just very abrupt and and left. And the nurse comes back in and I'm just sitting there bawling, you know, at you know, I'm i yeah. my breast and I, you know, gosh, I'm a young woman. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, what do I have going on? And I, t- I called my, and I, she made him come back in and talk to me, which it was even worse then. So I won't go into that story. Um, but I decided to get a second opinion and women, nice. this is what I wanted. why I wanted to share this is because I thought this can't be the end of it. This can't be the answer when it's not even a breast cancer tumor, you know, for me. Yeah. And so I went and I got a second opinion and they're like, no, we can laparoscopically go in and remove these. And what it was is more like a calcification.
2: Oh yeah, that you, yeah, there, and that's what you also learn too. There's so much that can go on in a breast. That's kind of they go through so much, like right. lump, you know, lumpy and bumpy, and it may not be anything. There's right. there are life
1: stages, yeah. Right, and he and she's like, this is not bad, but if, oh. if it's bothersome and you think it will be we'll just go in laparoscopically and remove them and I went in they did it um I mean within a half hour I had a little band-aid on you know I mean seriously and and was totally fine um so women do not be afraid to go get a second chance make sure your doctor's listening to you you know and because
2: that doctor
1: it was it was a horrible experience but anyway
2: well no I'm glad you went through that so you could share because it it really is key and then also with mammography I have this in my book but something like you're exposed to radiation that's like just outside the Hiroshima epicenter or like after 10 mammographies I mean it's just like insane yeah so there's that going on false positives oh uh, so many and then biopsies are another issue because It's like this harpoon that goes in. And then, so if there is cancer, then it goes in. And then as it's coming out, it can be moving cancerous cells all along the biopsy needle track. And then you're spreading it. And then there was this woman who had just such a horrific breast story. She wrote a book about it. It's called Saving Victoria's Breasts. She didn't know she had a heavy biopsy in the US right now that off, I don't know the stats, but most of the time they leave a little piece of metal in the breast so that the surgeon knows where the biopsy was. It's like this little X marks the spot.
1: Oh, that's it's awesome. It's the size
2: of like half a grain of rice. And they come in different shapes. And one of them is the ribbon are you serious i'm serious you can you could google i I can't remember the official name and so but the thing is too they can move so it doesn't even really tell you and then but the this woman in her she was not informed like it wasn't part of the informed consent either and she literally has so she had this you sort of thing growing but
1: it actually wasn't cancer it was like this reaction to the metals and stuff to the metal in in our body yeah I had had prior to the whole issue that we talked about before. Yeah. I had a um, cyst on, on. Oh yeah, was your common so same common. breast? And the and the the gynecologist, he's like, oh, we'll just aspirate it. Oh my, oh, my god! My. <laughs> <laughs> so, here they are with this big long needle, like stabbing yeah. into your chest to aspirate. And he's like, well, it just keeps moving. I walked away from that appointment, bruised. From the neck down to the, oh, body, you know, because oh my we're goodness. stabbing, stabbing, stabbing. What we do
0: is
2: supposedly now, and then the relationship between iodine and cysts is like, like huge.
1: Okay, ladies, yes, iodine. Huge. You need to yeah. get the iodine because not only is it going to help you with your health. Look at all the the wonderful. Okay, so we talked about mammograms, and um, we could talk about surgical because. That's yes obviously because in my in on one level you think well yeah
2: radiation issues obviously chemo issues um but yeah like kind of removing the tumor kind of seems like well yeah let's just remove that so it, it's and it, it's kind of more natural so to speak because you're not right so it seems like an option however what we've known since the 90s um is that there's a main there's this um the main tumor mm-hmm. secretes this thing called angiostat and it's like this protein And what it does is it circulates through the body and it makes sure kind of, this is a very non-scientific discussion, but it prevents tiny microscopic cancers from spreading around the body. And it, okay, okay, so it's, but it has to come out of the main sort of mother tumor. So when we remove the main, that tumor, Mm -hmm. there's no angiostat, there's no source. And it's like, this is, it's like a surveillance method and it's gathering all the microscopic. So when you remove the main source, what happens often is that there comes back with metastasizing because it's now it's out of control and it's all over the body so knowing that we've known that i I, i'm so surprised that that hasn't evolved what we also what also happened oh my god like over a decade ago was that they realized that the when you do research there's a cell line i'm Mm -hmm. not totally sure but i think you like kind of call up i need the cell line because i'm going to do breast cancer research and then you get the little cell line that everybody works off of okay well they found out that that cell line that everybody had been using since the 90s or before that was actually like melanoma cells wasn't even breast cancer so we've got literally thousands and thousands of studies that are
1: yeah aren't even aren't even the right why does that not surprise me? And listen, so that's the cluster that we're trying to figure out. And it's like, mm,
2: yeah,
1: crazy but you know and here's here's the thing you know breast cancer is such a personal thing it, it you know it really is and and if you have that diagnosis um you know only you can decide what path you're going to go down because no one's here to say what's the right what's the wrong you know choice for you I know yeah. lots of women who have gone the chemotherapy radiation route and 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 then supported their bodies you know going mm-hmm. Mm. I know some would say no I'm going to do it completely holistic so sometimes I think when people don't have it again I feel like they maybe they have the DCIS yeah
2: you
1: know and so it it wasn't going to come back anyway yeah we have no idea what's what's even going on there oh my gosh okay so um, we talked about lifestyle risks, we t- uh controlling our risk. So we've talked mm-hmm. a little bit. Of, we haven't really talked about controlling our risk. We've talked about where our risks are. We, mm-hmm. you know, um, we know it's coming in through our water sources. We know it's coming in through our food sources. And, and mm-hmm. we know it's coming in through our products that we're using every day in our homes. So how can we control our risk? What are some better options for us? In this, I think of it as mitochondrial medicine. So we want
2: to think the mitochondria is the, the heart, the, the, the center of the cell. That's like the, you know, the whole nucleus. No, it's not the nucleus, but you know what I mean? It's the heart and soul. And we got to have healthy mitochondria in every cell. So I think of things like iodine is for sure mitochondrial medicine. Okay. Uh, even th- even things like a little dash of baking soda in the morning uh, be- before you do much besides have water. Alkalinizing the body. And so simple and like, you know, so affordable, um, uh, the <laughs> other really have to be yeah. expensive, guys, <laughs> totally, then another thing that will literally slash breast cancer risk by 50%. So that seems like a good one to pursue is sufficient levels of vitamin D in the body.
1: Oh, yes. Okay. And
2: y- yes, we can take vitamin D supplements. However, we also need to know that our skin needs sunshine and it creates different beautiful chemical reactions in the body that we need. It's like a lubricant from the inside. Right. It activates antimicrobial peptides. Um, it creates catholicidins, mm-hmm. which are the whole other thing, but it's like so good for the stomach. It's it's really your whole immune system. Um, it, and it, we have vitamin D receptors, thousands all over, like all of our skin and body. So our, our skin is literally designed to receive oh. Mm -hmm. the rays. Mm -hmm. And when we block it, we are cutting ourselves off from like life force extraordinarily. And when we use sunblock, which is also carcinogenic, and then it's more carcinogenic when it's exposed to sunlight and baked into your skin. But besides all that, let's just pretend it was natural or something. What's happening is you're dividing The reception into your body of the UVA and the UVB rays. Right. And you're not getting any UVB, and UVB is the vitamin D generator, along with its ultraviolet partner UVA. When we just get UVA rays without without the B, that is, then it becomes sun damaging because it's 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 not whole. Right. So how much time do we need? uh... Everybody's going to be different. It depends on your on your uh, like your skin tone your um longitude and latitude the time of year um so and we need more than we think and also there's a lot of days where it isn't sunny so you kind of i kind of i really obviously i can i have a flexible schedule and I, you know i kind of work all day all night and i'll find my pockets of sunshine but i will literally look at the hourly weather report and like plan my time and sun okay. and then you, you know you really got you can do the front the back the sides so you really could by kind of doing 20 minutes you could um, you could really get a good hour, right? yeah. Which and you've got to build it up. Of course, you want to start slowly if you haven't been in the sun, right? And um, there's also an app, but it's called uh, D Minder, and you put in your longitude, latitude, and and um, it, it it tunes in with the weather that day, what? and it will say like you know twenty minutes will give you like one hundred and fifty
1: thousand IU. I D li- Minder, yeah. D-Minder. yeah. yeah course there's an app for that (laughs) of course there is why wouldn't there be okay so now um so we've got iodine we have baking soda which now correct me if i'm wrong but didn't people used to always brush their teeth with baking soda
2: yeah and i i say if i'm talking about oral care it's like you know what we make beautiful toothpaste and dental serums but besides that if you just take all the drugstore t- to stuff and just put it aside and literally just went and got, or use, if you got baking soda in your house and you use that for the rest of your life, you would be a thousand times better off than pursuing the the chemicals from the drugstore that literally create bleeding gums and blah, blah, blah. So oh, yeah. yes. Then if we think about um, monoterpenes, which are naturally found in, in plants and, and my favorite extractions, the essential oil world. Yes. Um, so and there's, I've got studies in my book and it shows that, so the monoterpenes in these plant matter, like frankincense has lots, they really mm-hmm. all have some degree of them, really show to, are, are really preventative for um, you know, the cells going down that pathway. And uh, there was a doctor that did a study with orange oil um, because it's really high in limonene, and that has shown to combat um, the development of cancerous breast cells. And so I have a recipe for that in my book. It's basically pretty simply like 10% orange with like you could do with coconut oil or jojoba oil. Yeah. Pour that into our best ever and massaging breasts and very, very good results with that. So it's like, so why wouldn't you want that to just be a part of your daily, daily things that you're putting on your body rather? So forget the chemicals, forget even neutrality. Like why not take it up to this new level where every gesture of self-care that you are doing for your body, whether it's brushing your teeth or putting on hand cream is actually immune enhancing. Yes.
1: It's yes. Like,
2: yeah.
1: I love it's it. I love it. And I heard, and I knew that the limelene and the monoterpenes were super beneficial for, um, you know, the, the, um, promoting the, you know, good cells, you know, not, yes. not the bad cells in the body. And, And uh, I've seen many um, uh, recipes with the combination of the frankincense and the orange. Oh, yeah. Put them uh, together. Together, you know, in a capsule, as a a serum, as, you know. We make a beautiful breast health oil.
2: It's so popular. People love the aroma. And it's got all those things in it. I'm um, actually, we're using grapefruits instead of orange, but they have, it has like just as much lima The yep. study it was just done with the orange. And then we're infusing like broccoli seed oil because it's got the cellophane and then we've got yeah. St. John's wort. And so uh, speaking about this, like self-exam, I feel like, yeah, why, why even have that be a separate action? You know what I mean? Cause it also, fe- it's, it's not, it's weird. It's kind of like just a health pamphlet. It's not like really about connecting with your body. We have to understand that these are chronic channels and, you know, we can tune into them. We don't have to think, be afraid of these things sitting on our chest that seem to like, be like these canaries in a coal mine. They really <laughs> are these barometers showing us some of the imbalance of things going on in, in our world. Um, what was the, the breast cell? Oh Yeah, so when you're just applying it yeah, that's, you'll know what's going on. It's just like in your daily self-care, it doesn't have to be this separate thing. And am I doing it right? You will feel, <laughs> you'll You'll feel it. And by massaging the breasts, we're helping the whole lymphatic system. Oh yes. We're get, helping to, to get rid of the excess estrogen because that's what's going on too. So another thing we can do is just not wear normal deodorant. We, you know, you can just even a dusting of baking soda helps or clay. Um, and of course, because I have made a solution for everything. We do a beautiful poetic pits, which yes. are underarm charms. Yes. And, but that if you're using regular deodorant, it's that daily dose yes. of aluminum for 40 years. It's not good. And a lot of breast cancer really is in the armpit. It is. It's the lateral aspect and you can have lymph nodes moved. Yes. Um, so by massaging is great. And also understanding like, how are we holding them up? So if you've got, at the end of the day, if you've got red marks yes. from your bra, it's too tight, yes. right? So often, like it, you know, obviously, everybody's different shapes and sizes. But like you know, a, like a yoga top with a little, like a, with a, like one or two percent spandex is often all you need a, for many occasions. Um, yes, I've done talks and I've seen women like literally throw out their bras afterwards. But what ha- What's happening is we're creating a bit of a lymphedema in our breasts, which creates a bit of a, a pocket, the cesspool. Yes, and then again, years of that non movement of the lymph system is just like it's too stagnant. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I have gotten, I, I choose personally myself as much as possible not to wear a bra. Yeah, It just, is like, you know, if I, if I'm like today with the top that I have on, I can take like one of those pads that you get like in a bathing suit and there's, you know, a tape that you can put on so that, you know, if I don't want nipples to show or, you know, I know we get real personal here, (laughs) but there's things that you can do, you know, it just, it's, you know, that's just me. That's what I choose. There's a lot of options. <laughs> lots and lots. Of, and you don't have to be, you know, um, totally bra-less, you know, and sometimes, you know, you just, but the, the comfort, you know, not constrained, yes. not push. Also not push, what we
2: think, we think it's holding, it is holding stuff obviously, but it's actually atrophying the muscles. It is. So by actually taking them off and, you know, you know, even, you can even do some lymphatic things, but by let sort of setting them free, you're actually keeping the muscles like more active. Because yes. you think about it, if we if we had our arm in a sling for too long, it would, the muscle would atrophy. Yeah, And so we also don't need to take our beautiful teen girls and, and strap, wrap their breasts up too early either. Obviously, you know, there's different growths and stuff because I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know the experience of having a D cup situation, <laughs> yes. right? So I, I definitely, um you know, sensitive to that, but we don't like, obviously there's a lot of situations where people Absolutely. do not need bras.
1: Tell our audience, cause I got, I, we could just talk for hours. <laughs> I know we could, but tell our audience, where can they get a hold of you? Where, you know, you, it sounds like you've got this beautiful apothecary store and I want to make sure that people know where to find you. Sure. Well, our beautiful world of Living Libations is LivingLibations.com,
2: and okay. on there you will also find um, lots of articles. If you know lots of things I've mentioned today, even from oral health to sunshine health, there'll be something up there for you to see. And then we also do consults, like for free okay. video consults. You can talk to us about your skin and email us any question at all. We're happy to answer any and all questions. And I'm always right there uh, with the team you know, helping give the best answers and, and
1: getting everybody, you know, just I, what they need. I love that. And, and, and Nadine, you're, you're, it's a lifelong passion for you. This has been something that has been ingrained in you from the beginning. This is truly God's gift to you, um, you know, and your gift out to the world. So um, thank you so much. Is there anything you want to leave our, our audience with as we close up? Just like, I know we've talked
2: a lot of, a lot of serious subjects today yeah. and it can be a bit, I'm sure like, whew. Um, but just know that like, you know, your body's alive and any, you know, it can all turn around and just know like it's, it's there's so many beautiful solutions and
1: there's really nothing to worry about. Beautiful. Thank you.
0: That's all for this episode of the Toxin Terminator. And we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health.